This is one of the most common questions that we obviously do not know the answer to. How many people will be saved? Well, if you take today's common understanding in culture that says all good people will go to heaven, no matter what their level of faith is, no matter what they've done, they are, you know, I haven't killed anybody. I'm not as bad as Hitler. So therefore, the assumption is I'm going to heaven. Is this true? No, not according to the Bible, nor St. Faustina. I'm going to have Brother Alex read some of the diary, number 153. So that's 153, Brother Alex. That St. Faustina says she sees the narrow road, and she saw the wide road. And the narrow road was full of rocks and thorns and thistles, and people were falling. But at the end of it was this glorious garden, and then the wide road that many were on, they were singing and dancing and appearing to have a good time. And at the end of that, fell into the precipice. Wow, what Catholic joy that we have to look forward to, right? No, there's a meaning here. Now in scripture, narrow is the road to life and few follow it, all right? Wide is the path to destruction and many are on it. Now, it's not as clear as you think though. When you read that, you think, well, gee, few are going to be saved. Jesus said so. In fact, Augustine, St. Jerome, St. Chrysostom, and especially St. Leonard, if you've read him, of Port Maurice, said very, very few will be saved. In fact, two out of a thousand. That was the numbers used as given an example of how many people would be saved. Two out of a thousand. However, it's good. And you know what? That's probably good then that we don't know because there's no official church teaching on this matter. And that's probably good. The church has never taught how many people will be saved. And that's probably, as I said, that's probably good because if you were told that it's many, many people are saved, you'd be overconfident. You wouldn't be worried about watching your sins you wouldn't worry about offending God because, you know, most of us go to heaven. We'll all go to heaven. Only Hitler doesn't go to heaven. So it's probably good we don't know because you'd be overconfident. Likewise, it's probably good if we don't know for sure because if it really is only very, very few, like two out of a thousand, then we'd give up hope. We would despair. What the heck's the use of trying? I might as well enjoy my time on this life because I'm not making it to the next anyway. So the church is wise in not having ever officially said this, but what the church has taught is there are five conditions to salvation. You follow these five conditions, you will get to heaven. You don't follow these depending upon your state of knowledge, you won't. What are those five conditions that we must be a part of in order to be saved as Catholics? One, repent. We do not repent and ask for God's mercy. We cannot be saved. That's the only unforgivable sin. Two, baptism. Unless you are born of water and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
3, the Eucharist, John 6, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, you will not have eternal life. 4, faith. St. Paul makes it clear that we are saved by faith. Not faith alone, but faith. And finally, the two great commandments of love God and love your neighbor can be rolled up into one, do the will of God. So you want to know how to get to heaven and how many people go to heaven? The number of people that will go to heaven are the people that repent, get baptized, go to the Eucharist, have faith, and do the will of God. Now, some people without the Eucharist, a pygmy in the rainforest that doesn't know the Eucharist, yes, we'll talk about that in a minute. But not one of these conditions to be saved, repent, baptize, Eucharist, faith, or do the will of God, says, hey, I'm a good person, and that's enough. Not one. Not one of those conditions say, hey, just be a good person. It's not enough. We need help. We need the sacraments. We need the church. Heaven is for followers of Christ. The Bible tells us this. Unless you are my disciple, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Unless you deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. That's just not being a good person. The most evil people, yes, that's one case, but even good people that have no belief in God. Oh, I know him, Father. He has absolutely no belief in God. He, he has no belief whatsoever, wants nothing to do with religion, wants nothing to do with this born and raised Catholic faith, but he's such a good person. No, it doesn't work that way. We have to pray for conversion. And so heaven is for followers of Christ. Salvation is through Christ alone. Acts 4.12, Peter says, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So Jesus said, we have to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him, like we just said. We have to repent. We have to turn away from sin. We have to put Jesus first in our life, so everything in our life is in harmony, right? Then, in harmony with what, Father? His will. Doing the will of God, that's the key. If we are lukewarm, we need to repent. If we know those who are lukewarm, we need to pray for them to repent, to turn back, try again. You know the Greek word for the word try hard is agonize. <laughs> the Greek word for try very hard is agonize. Jesus agonized on the cross and then had eternal life. So shall we. So we need not just listen to these words, we need to obey them. That's what we mean in Catholic faith as works. Works are not works of the law. Works are not works of, you know, I'm going to donate to a soup kitchen and therefore I'm buying my way into heaven. That's not what we mean by works. Works means works of love, that you truly love God first and your neighbor in your heart. This is the book of James. Faith without works is dead. Works of love. All right, now, let's get into answering this question. So if we are not being loved, and here's the thing, actually, before I do that, I want to mention this. We are not being loving by letting people simply follow their own way 
when that lay leads them astray. We are not being charitable to them, watching somebody self-destruct in mortal sin, but we don't want to offend them. We are created good, but we got broken. So on our own, we are not good. On our own, we need grace. Then God redeems us with the grace we get in the Mass. The good news is we're not left on our own. We have grace in the sacraments. We have grace in our faith and the teachings of the church and our catechism and our gift of the faith that has been given to us through our Catholic faith. We have this grace, but we need to cooperate. How are you saved? You are saved by grace, but you've got to cooperate with that grace. The Protestants believe you are saved by grace too, but they stop there. Well, Jesus did it all. No, that would mean everybody goes to heaven. That's a heresy. That's universalism. Jesus gave us the grace on the cross, but we got to accept it. We got to respond to it. We got to act on it. We are saved by grace, but we must cooperate by loving God and loving our neighbor in return. Those are the two great commandments. That's doing the will of God. Everything goes back to doing the will of God. All right, so let's answer the question now. Sorry for the delay. What does it mean to say few will be saved? Because that's basically what Jesus is saying here, right? Mm, maybe. Theologians have seen this differently since the first century. Some harsh, some not. I find this very interesting. Let's look at more, let's look at both sides. All right. Somebody like Dr. Peter Kreft, who's excellent philosopher, modern day theologian, let's hear what he says. He says, few does not mean only a little or less than half of mankind will be saved. He says it doesn't mean that. God is our father and desires all will be saved. So even one child lost is too many. And the rest being saved are too few. The good shepherd who left his 99 sheep safe at home to rescue one lost sheep found even 99 being saved was too few. So that's kind of interesting, isn't it? It's kind of like when we talk about abuse in the church. Do you know of all the abuse, 85% happens in the home, 14% happens in schools and public schools and extracurricular activities. 1% happens in religious institutions. But my point is, that's unacceptable, that's unexcusable, and that's way too much. Too many abuse. Too many are abused, even though it's 1%. So that's one view. Now, Revelation says, Revelation 7 there will be a multitude in heaven. So others argue, well, gee, no, it looks like there will be a lot. Revelation 7, there will be a multitude, innumerable souls in heaven. But don't let this give you false confidence. Other people use lumen gentium 
for false confidence, I believe. Listen to Lumen Gentium 16. This is important. This basically says non-Catholics can be saved. This is, this is a Vatican II document called Lumen Gentium, paragraph 16, that basically says non-Catholics can be saved. There's only, salvation is only through the Catholic Church. This church has always taught that. But sometimes people can be united to the Catholic Church without being in the pew like a pygmy in the rainforest through the natural law. Listen to this. Lumen Gentium 16. Those also can attain salvation who through no fault of their own do not know the gospel of Christ or his church, yet sincerely seek God and moved by grace, strive by their deeds to do his will as it is known to them through the dictates of conscience. Aha, that's where people say, Father, there it is. You only have to be a good person. I can just be a good person and get to heaven without having to be in the Catholic pew because Lumen Gentium says so. Okay, note three things here. First, the ignorance has to be through no fault of their own. Sometimes it is their fault. In today's day and age of the internet, you have all kinds of ways of learning about Jesus Christ, but some people choose not to. Those people don't get a free ride here. It's not who we're talking about. We're talking about people who no fault of their own, like a pygmy in the rainforest. And there's very few of those left in the world today. Most of the world is reached by internet. So you really can't explain ignorance of Christ anymore. All right? This mainly because they just don't care. So secondly, they need to seek God with a sincere heart. That's what Lumen Gentium said. Did you hear that? Many are concerned only with this world and don't seek God. God has revealed himself to everyone on this earth in different ways. The pygmy in the rainforest, it's through his creation. And so God has revealed himself to everyone. That's the natural law, but many ignore it. So that's not who we're talking about here who can be saved outside of Jesus Christ. You have to be seeking God. Some don't. Third, they need to try to do his will as they know it through their conscience. That's what Lumen Gentium 13 said. Well, sadly, we are our own God. Many people are not seeking to do the will of God. They're seeking to do their own will. So Lumen Gentium 16 that says there is possibility that non-Catholics can be saved has been narrowed from what people think is this big. Billions of people in the world don't follow Jesus, but the Church says they can be saved. When you really read it, it's about this big. Because all of those conditions have to be met. The ignorance has to be no fault of your own. You need to be constantly seeking God with a sincere heart, though you do not know him through Jesus Christ in the Catholic Church. And third, you must be trying to do his will and not your will in all things. That takes the population, in my opinion, from this to this. Now, the possibility then of salvation rests on these things and I think makes it very difficult. So therefore, what's your answer? Stick with the church. If you want to try to find salvation any other way through Christ and his church, Yes, there is technically a possibility you can do it, but that possibility is like this. Why take that risk? 
Why take that risk? When trying to do it your own way, you may be, if you are perfectly ignorant, you have a truly sincere heart and you're seeking to do his will, but you live in an area of the world that's never heard of Jesus Christ under Islamic control or something like that, you can still be saved. But that percentage is this big. The rest of us in the Western world, we don't have those excuses. And so we don't want to risk it. Count on the church. Come to the church. This is the avenue Christ gives for salvation. Now, what most people don't realize, and my friend Ralph Martin makes a good point of this, he says, why do people only read the first half of Lumen Gentium 16? He says there's the second half that's more important that we don't read. Listen to this. But very often, deceived by the evil one, Men have become vain in their reasonings, have exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and serve the world rather than the creator. Boy, have we not done that. We've traded truth of God for a lie. Do we not see that now almost every day in our world? I'm just getting this information now that they're mandating children 5 to 11 to be vaccinated now or approved that's a recommendation. I don't know anymore at this point. Even though the percentage of death of children 5 to 11 is 2 in a million. That's 0.0002%. Yet the odds of the spike protein in the vaccine causing future birth problems, testosterone reducing of sperm count in males, ovary damage in females, and yet we're going to enforce 5 to 11-year-olds with a 0.0002% chance. We're going to enforce this. We're going to mandate this. This is accepting, I'm sorry, in my opinion, of the lie for the truth of God. And so what this Lumigensium says is, hence, to procure the glory of God and the salvation of souls, the church, mindful of the Lord's command, preach the gospel to every creature, take zealous care to foster evangelization. Father, what did you just read? Here's the bottom line. The church says that because there are some people who don't know Jesus Christ, and yes, they can technically be saved if it's no fault of their own, you as Catholics, me as Catholics, have to evangelize them, or we are going to be held responsible. That's the other half of Lumen Gentium 16. Fascinating. So this teaching of Lumen Gentium, when taken as a whole, stresses the sense of Catholic urgency about evangelization and conversion of others to the Catholic faith because that's the way we're saved. We need to preach because those who haven't heard the gospel are in danger. And we are if we don't do that. That's why we are called to evangelize. You are evangelizing by watching right now and then sharing a video. You are evangelizing when you sit down and you see something about the beauty of your faith and you tell others about it. 
You are evangelizing even if you can't go to India or Africa, but you support the Marian fathers and their mission out there, then you are evangelizing because you become the hands and the feet of God through the Marians. We are in India. We are in Africa because we are evangelizing out there. So even if you can't technically go there, you can be an evangelizer by helping support our mission, not just financially, but through your prayers. And we pray for you. So here's the point. If we really care about our friends, we don't just pray for their health and happiness. I notice that a lot about myself when I pray for my family and my friends. I seem to be catching myself praying only for their happiness and their health. And that's good, but it's way more important to pray for their conversion and their faith. You know, Vatican II emphasized evangelization Vatican II emphasized the missionary character of the church and the need to go out. If you can't leave your home, you can do it through the click of a button by sharing these videos, by telling others that you live with, letting them see your joy. We need to pray most for the conversion and salvation of our friends and neighbors, our loved ones, so that they find the narrow door. What is the narrow door? Jesus Jesus is the narrow door. So we must make our own salvation and the salvation of those around us and the ones we love top priority. Sorry, and I know I'm going to get letters on this, but our salvation is way more important than our vaccination. Our salvation is eternal. Our salvation, in the end, is what most matters. Now, those other things I'm not saying aren't important. Our health is important. Our happiness is important. Our well-being is important. Our resources to be able to provide for ourselves and our family is important. Uh, trust me, I know that is important. Please don't say I'm not saying that's important. It is important, but it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is our salvation, bar none. We're not going to take any of those other things with us. We're not going to take our new job with us. We're not going to take our master's degree with us. We're not even going to take our health with us. In heaven, we will not have illness or suffering or lack. We will have salvation. Nothing else compares. Not our health, not our wealth, not our career, not our popularity, not our possessions, not our acclaim by others, only salvation. So we have to know what we must do to be saved. Come to Jesus, the narrow door. That's the message. And we only do that through his church. Because this is what God set up. He set up that when he left and ascended to the Father, he would not abandon us. He said, I will remain with you to the end of time. Well, wait a minute, you just left Jesus. How could you stay with us to the end of time? You promise you will remain with us to the end of the time, but you just left us. He makes it very clear. He left us his presence through the Eucharist. He left us his presence through the church. Let us not forget that that's where we find the grace of the narrow door. When you walk through the narrow door of the front end of the church, you are truly walking through the narrow door. That narrow door is Christ. Let us love our faith and live our faith. And that's what our whole focus as Catholics has to be.
So the question of how to be saved is given to us. It's not that difficult, but it does take trust and faith. And when we put it together, we find it in the church. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.